Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I would never do that to you guys. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. That means, of course, class is in session with the venerable Greg Cosell from NFL Films University. So pumped to talk with Greg momentarily about all the news and notes going on around the NFL over the last week or so. A lot of guys signing with teams, a lot of contract extensions that we have to get to with Greg. Preseason week one starts tonight to say I'm excited would be an understatement. Of course, Saturday, those of you that get a chance can check me out. The Eagles play at the Ravens in Baltimore Saturday night. Very fired up for that. Very fired up for our next best ball tournament with Joe Dolan and I because it's just Joe and I from the Fantasy Feast and 10 of you, 10 listeners, and the winner gets 500 bucks. So it's zero entry fee. You get $500. The best way to do it is to go to westshorehome.com slash Ross and schedule a free estimate. You don't even have to get the installation. You don't even have to get the new shower or bath, although my guess is you will. The fact that they're able to give you an incredible new shower and or bath in one day is insane. Nothing is one day in life anymore. With those type of projects, nothing except for these dudes. Plus, if you've ever been curious about what my house looks like or what the bathrooms look like, go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. They have before and after pictures. They have live videos. And you can get that free estimate. I've had multiple people text me or email me recently about West Shore Home. I love it. Westshorehome.com slash Ross. Almost as much as I love Greg Cosell and The Big Show. The Big Show. All right, Greg. You know, it's funny because I always think, well, maybe we can talk about 2024 quarterbacks or whatever (laughs) but then but then there's so many things that happen over the course of a week that I want your opinion on that I want to talk to you about uh, that it's like we'll have plenty of time for the quarterbacks the college quarterbacks 
after the season, more than likely. Yeah, I lost had... track of what happened uh, this week, Ross. I was in Nashville at Titans training camp for two days this week, and then I was at Eagles training camp yesterday at the link. So I kind of, I didn't even realize the Eagles had signed Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. <laughs> well, I'm glad you realize it now because that's one of the things I'm going to ask you about. But I guess why don't you start with that, though, Greg? You went to Titans camp. Why go to Titans camp? Um, what were you looking at? What kind of jumped out at you? Well, I have a really good relationship down there, so I, I went down there for a couple of days. And there's, you know, there's as you know, if you've been Ross, there's worse places to go than Nashville, Tennessee. So I figured I'd go down for a couple of days. Um, they're they're an interesting team because. You know, obviously they ended up really poorly at the end of last season. I think they ended up losing, what, six or seven in a row to finish their season. Uh, but, you know, they've got a different offensive coordinator in Tim Kelly, who's got a lot of the uh, Bill O'Brien background. I think you're going to see a totally different-looking offense, which isn't to say they're not going to line up at times and give the ball to Derrick Henry. He's obviously a very, very good player, and you don't shun him. But I, I think the offense will not look exactly the way it's looked the last four or five years, it will be different. Obviously, with DeAndre Hopkins, um, Traylon Burks, you know, looks much better. And from talking to people, they say he's had a really, really good camp. So, of course, you never know until we play, but he's a talented guy. The O-line, as you probably know, is uh, is a concern for them. It's a work in progress. For Eagles fans, um, Andre Dillard is obviously there. He's their starting left tackle, and uh, they feel that he can do that job. He's almost really a, one of the most critical pieces for them, Ross, because if he can't play left tackle, they've got si- significant issues with their all line because then they have to start moving two, three people around. And you know from being an offensive lineman that when you have to start doing that, the cohesion really gets lost and it takes a lot of time. Right. And I would say this, Greg, he can play left tackle. Uh, the, the question will be uh, how high of a level is he playing right. left tackle, right? And I think I the mean, issue... It, yeah. I was going to say, I did get to speak to their O-line coach, and, you know, this is not profound news or a scoop, but the issue based on his college background and the fact that he did not play a lot of snaps for the Eagles is obviously they are going to run the ball. He's going to have to down block, drive block, base block. He came out of Washington State where he played for Mike Leach, where he was basically in a two-point stance on every snap, and they did not have called running plays. So he didn't do much. He hasn't done much of that. And you know that if you've never done that, Ross, I mean, you know this. You could speak to this better than I. That's not so easy to do. you know. So that's something he's got to continually work on. Very, very different. And, you know, it's funny. I, I think you'd probably rather, Greg, the way the NFL is now, on some level come out of an offense like that because his technique should be so refined in pass protection. And pass protection is going to be more important than run blocking, especially for a tackle, a left tackle. They're going to put more of a premium on that than they are on the run blocking part of it. Ideally, though, you'd be really competent at both. But... Man, he, he got thousands of reps of live one-on-one pass pro at Washington State, Greg, ah. with them throwing the ball like 50 times a game. Uh, what about, just out of curiosity, um, I'm actually going there this morning, but what, what takeaways do you have at all from the Eagles camp? Well, it was at the link yesterday, and they clearly wanted to work on live football. So what they did, when I say live football, I'm not saying they hit people, you know, but they, they clearly played it as if it was a game. There was almost all team yesterday with the day I was there, which was uh, Wednesday of this week. Um, and they, they wanted, obviously, the feel of being in the stadium. They, they lined up and they played. So if it got to fourth down, they kicked. 
you know, whether it was a field goal or a punt, it was evident they were working on the run game yesterday. That was clearly the focus of the uh, for the offense, and obviously the defense had to line up and defend the run. Um, but that was it was clearly a run game practice more than a pass game practice. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing about training camp. It depends what day you go. Coaches, as you know, they want to work on specific things on a given day. And, you know, they take away what they take away. And, and if you don't know what they're looking specifically at, which you and I don't, or I didn't, obviously, uh, you know, you, you just don't know because they actually – you know, practice ended maybe 10 or 15 minutes sooner than, than I think a lot of us thought it would, which means that the coaches felt that they accomplished what they wanted to get accomplished. So you mentioned the Eagles signing Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham. That was one of the transactions that yep. I wanted to ask you about. You know, both these guys uh, are just a few years removed, Greg, from getting four-year, $57, $58 yeah. million dollar contracts. They both made, I think, over $8 million last year. And they're 27 and 28 years old. It's, it's, it's just a wild business that you yeah. go from these huge contracts, then even last year making a lot of money, to, you know, you're in mid-August and you're unsigned and they both signed for a lot less money than they have been getting. What, what were these guys when they were at their best and what do you think they still have left? Yeah, you know, Miles Jack was a really interesting guy coming out of UCLA. You probably remember he was viewed as one of those first unbelievable linebacker athletes. I remember people saying, this guy is such a good athlete, he could come to the NFL and line up on the outside and cover Julio Jones, which, you know, you and I know that was not going to happen, and he couldn't do that. But he came out as a great athlete. He played some running back at UCLA. I remember he had a game as a freshman, I forget who it was against, where he rushed for about 160 yards. Um, You know, I've never quite thought, and, and, and I've seen Jack play pretty much his whole career, uh, I never quite thought he became the player that his athleticism, you know, that side speed profile suggested he could become. Not a bad player, but I didn't think he played particularly well in Pittsburgh last year. And I think that's why he was, he was not, he's not there and why he was out there. Um, so, you know, I think if he was still, if people in the league who study him more closely even than I do really believe he could still play at his age at a high level, Ross, you and I both know he would not have been out there a week and a half into training camp. So he has a lot to prove. Zach Cunningham's another fascinating guy. He's not that far removed, I think, from leading the NFL in tackles maybe four years ago or so. He's long. He's athletic. He's a stacked backer. Um, you know, another guy that, you know, he, he was hurt a lot last year, so I don't know the nature of the injury. I don't know if that I- impacted, you know, teams not wanting to sign him. But another guy that just the last year or two did not seem to play to the same level as he did earlier in his career when he really looked prototypical because of the size and the length and the movement. While we're talking linebackers, Greg, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Bengals uh, giving a big extension to Logan Wilson. I oh, really yeah. like him as a player, and obviously they do too, and they think he's a, he's a foundational piece. You know, there's, there's some people, Greg, we talked about this, and maybe the Eagles are one of those teams that don't really invest in that position, but obviously the Bengals and Louie Rumo, they feel like Wilson provides a lot of value. He's been very good for them. Yeah, and that becomes the philosophy with your defense, your organization, your coaching staff. The Bears the same way with Eberflus signing Edmonds and T.J. Edwards. You know, some teams obviously value the position, the Eagles. You know, it's funny that the Eagles just brought in Jack and and Cunningham, and obviously they're not paying them a lot, but the Eagles are not going to pay linebackers a lot of money. Um, 
I think Logan Wilson is a really good player. I talked before they signed Jermaine Pratt that I thought he was a really important piece for them as well. So now they've locked up their two stacked backers, Wilson and Pratt, and I believe they're really critical pieces to their defense. Wilson's a really good player. Pratt's a really solid player. You know, that's important. You know, it all depends on what your philosophy is and how you choose to play. But you're right, Ross. Logan Wilson is a really, really good player. I think it's interesting, Greg, that they would allow both safeties to leave but retain both linebackers. I I guess I kind of feel like, Greg, if it were me, I would have kept one linebacker and one safety. Now, it doesn't always work that way and money's a factor and all that stuff, but – I feel like I'd rather have kept one of my studs at each position and then replace, rather than replace both safeties, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you say that because obviously they're a team that has other players coming up. They have got Burrow, they've got Chase, T. Higgins, you know, and obviously they're going to sign Burrow, they're going to sign Chase, T. Higgins is probably, uh, you know, who knows. Um, so, you know, Bates was really asking for a lot of money, and he's a good football player. That's not the point. But, you know, teams have, they can only allocate so many resources to so many players. And we know Burrow is going to be the next guy. He's going to get more than Justin Herbert. You know, he could get 60, uh, 160 million, whatever the number is. I don't follow that, you know, all the numbers exactly. Um, but, uh, but you know that they've got to sign him. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make a tough decision. And um, I think Bates had, had probably priced himself out of what they felt they could spend with what was coming up. The good thing for me this weekend watching the preseason games, Greg, is it's not a tough decision what beer I'll be drinking. Mm-hmm. It's Labatt Blue Light. When you're watching the preseason games on NFL Network or on your hometown feed, drink some Labatt Blue Lights while you're watching your team play. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg, you know, speaking of safeties, I am really happy for Malik Hooker. You know, uh, such an interesting story, Greg. I don't even know if you know this. Uh, Really good basketball player in high school. Never played football. A down of football until his junior year of high school. Yeah, no, I know all about him. You're right. Yeah. And then he went out there as a junior and was awesome and got offered by Ohio State. He was a Division I basketball recruit, but then, you know, he was incredible football recruit. He only started for one year at Ohio State and had like 20 interceptions or something crazy. He gets drafted in the first round, and then injuries, injuries. Obviously, uh, the Cowboys felt really good about how he played last year and certainly in camp so far to give him a really nice deal. I think it was three years, $24 million. Yeah. Well, just to speak from a tactical perspective, a lot of people might not be aware of this, but the Cowboys' base defense is big nickel, three safeties. So Hooker plays a lot of snaps with Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse. They do not play with three linebackers, Ross. I think last year they played something like 4% of their defensive snaps with three linebackers, and I guarantee that was probably in goal line and short yardage situations. Their base defense is big nickel. So Hooker plays a lot of snaps. He predominantly plays on the back end. Um, They're a big single high safety team. Um, 
they played a little more cover two last year with Dan Quinn, but he plays essentially post safety, and he's he's good at it. You know, I think he's he's a big, good athlete. And, uh, no, they obviously feel he's really important to what they do because he does play a lot of snaps. Well, and that was always he, – he's about as good of a college center fielder, Greg, as I remember in a long – I mean, that year he had Ohio State. Yeah. Interception, sideline to sideline, yep. reading quarterbacks. It was, can it run was too. impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, another guy that – two guys I love that I wanted to bring up with you today – because they both signed. One guy signed with the Bears. The other guy signed an extension. I feel like they both, Greg, have been chronically, chronically underappreciated. Let's start with the extension for Cam Jordan with ah. the New Orleans Saints, Greg. I don't know why it is. The guy never misses a game. He's been on good teams. He's won a Super Bowl. He's had a ton of sacks. He plays the run. He's personable. He's out there in the media. And yet, for some reason, Greg, I, I don't feel like Cam Jordan really gets his due that much. I would agree 100%. I would bet he's in the 120 sack range for his career. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if one reason he, he's not is the way in which he plays. He's not one of those explosive edge rushers that all of a sudden just screams at the quarterback with bend and flexibility. He, he's physical. He's strong. He uses his hands extremely well. Um, he, but he's a really, really good football player. You know, because we don't think of the run game very much anymore in, in the NFL, you know, that's not what people talk about. But he, he is as good a two-way defensive end as there is in the NFL with his ability to rush the quarterback and defend the run. And I think that's, you know, too often overlooked because of the nature of the game. But Cam Newton is a really, really good player and has been from the moment he came into the league. The other guy I wanted to ask you about is going into, I think he's going about to break a record, Greg. I think he might be the first tight end to play 18 years in the NFL. And I'm talking about the Bears signing Mercedes Lewis. That's unbelievable. 18 years at any position, Greg, is insane in my mind. Just really, really impressive. And another one, you know, he's he's like the Cam Jordan of tight ends, Greg, because he's never had, you know, these big receiving seasons. I don't think people realize – just how valuable he is and what he does. He's a terrific blocker. Um, you know, and it's interesting because he's going to a team, and again, you know, he's, he's late in his career. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, I mean, obviously, it, it's also possible he doesn't make the team. We don't know any of this right now. But the point is, he's going to an interesting team, Ross, because they've got Justin Fields. So what do you get with Justin Fields? You're going to get him in the gun. You're going to get the run game element. You're going to get the defense having to play specific ways. So all of a sudden, a guy like Mercedes Lewis potentially becomes an interesting guy. He's not going to catch 60 balls. He's not going to play 70 snaps a game. But he's a really good run blocker, and he can catch a few balls here and there. He kept doing that with Green Bay, where all of a sudden, in a given game, wow, there's Mercedes Lewis. Um... But, you know, you're right. Playing 18 years in this league, you know, I don't think people realize how hard that is. I mean, I certainly don't. I'm not having done, you know, been a player. Uh, you would have a better idea. But, you know, that's really hard to do. Can't even fathom it. Can't even fathom yeah. what his body feels like. It's, it's incredible. Last one. I'm going to group these guys together, Greg, because I think they should be grouped together. Uh, they, and they signed the same day. The Bears signed Yannick Ngakwe. The Panthers signed yeah. Justin Houston. You know, yeah. Every team 
is looking for just a little more pass rush if they can get it. Yeah, and both those guys can still rush the quarterback. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know Ngakwe. I was surprised he was out there as long as he was because he can rush the quarterback off the edge. Um, although I did have a fascinating conversation with the defensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago, one we, we know well and would have tremendous respect for for what he's accomplished in the league. And he said something to me that I found really interesting. He said, you know, you always, when, when you look at premium positions on defense, you'd always start with your pass rusher and then you'd go to your corners. He said, now I'm beginning to think that corner is the number one premium position, more so than pass rusher, because of all the quick game throws that teams have with RPOs and just quick game in general. And I really thought that was an interesting statement, and I think there's some truth to that. Not that pass rushers don't matter, he didn't say that, but, you know, who knows, maybe teams are starting to think a little bit differently, because as you and I have discussed... You know, in order to disrupt quick game throws, you're not going to disrupt the quarterback. The ball's out too quick. So what do you have to do? You've got to disrupt receivers. But Ngakwe can rush the quarterback. Justin Houston, it seems, wherever he is, he gets sacks. Wouldn't you agree, Ross? Every year, all of a sudden, Justin Houston is getting sacks. You know, he might not be among the sack leaders anymore because he's, he, you know, he doesn't play that many snaps as much as he used to. But that guy can still rush the quarterback off the edge. And he has been playing forever as well. Greg, you are the man. Thank you so much for the time, as always. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Love talking with Greg Cosell and love, love, love the Game Time app. I am borderline obsessed with this thing at this point. If you don't have the Game Time app on your phone, you're doing it wrong. I don't care what you're looking for. I don't care if you're looking... For concert tickets or preseason NFL or Major League Baseball, they have so many exclusive discount flash deals, and they've got the lowest price guarantee. I love to just scroll the local areas, you know, where I live in central Pennsylvania or Philly or Baltimore, and just see what's there. There's events and tickets you don't even realize sometimes. You can get to that Ravens-Eagles game I'm going to be at. The tickets are actually going up a little bit. The cheapest ticket now is $34. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Say hi to me at the game. I highly recommend taking your family to preseason games. Awesome. Uh, You get close to the action, and it's a lot less expensive. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code ROSS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code ROSS. For $20 off, download game time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Tux Takes. All right, Ross, we'll start with Colts running back Jonathan Taylor has left the team and is now rehabbing on his own. This is very interesting to me, Jack. Very, very interesting. And on some level, my belief here would be that this is evidence that a hold-in works. I think that the Colts wanted Jonathan Taylor to go away from the facility. I think having him on the field every day, they felt like was a distraction. Having all the cameras taking pictures of him and videos and the latest with Jonathan Taylor, I think that they would rather him be away than be there and that they encouraged this. So, you know, think about it. They could be fining him, but they gave him an excused absence to leave because they think it's better for their team that he's not there, even though he's still in the contract dispute. That says something to me when you're talking about 
Nick Bosa to some extent, but especially Chris Jones and Zach Martin, who are each, in my mind, inexplicably giving up $50,000 per day. Commanders head coach Ron Rivera said that some players were having issues with new offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy's coaching style and then offered a mea culpa the next day. This surprised me. I, I, I didn't quite understand why Ron Rivera would do this, which is obviously why he apologized the next day. He basically said that players were coming to him and not liking Bieniemy. Felt like Bieniemy was too hard on them. Felt like Bieniemy, uh, his coaching style was too harsh. That doesn't help anybody for Rivera to say that. I think he realized that. I mean, that certainly doesn't help the enemy trying to get a head coaching job if Rivera is publicly saying how all the players are complaining about him. I mean, what what is that all about? Strange. Former Raiders first-round pick Henry Ruggs was sentenced to three to ten years in jail. Just awful. I mean, I don't even know what else to say. I think most of you probably remember um, he was involved in an accident. While he was under the influence, driving over 150 miles an hour, um, a woman and her dog were killed. Just horrible. I mean, the guy is a first-round pick, young man, all this talent, all this hard work. And I think it's a lesson for all of us when we're talking with our kids or whatever about how things can change in life in an instant with one bad decision like that. And we're wrapping things up. Preseason week one action starts tonight. Are you fired up, Ross? Very. So much so that this is going to be my Labatt Take of the Week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Do me a favor. Pay absolutely no attention to people that say preseason games are meaningless. They are casuals that have very likely never worked for a team in any capacity, front office, coach, player. If they mean that the games don't count, yeah, no kidding, we already know that. If they mean that the games are pointless for the starters, I think some of those guys would probably agree. I think other guys, I know some starters, that they like to get a little preseason action. They like to get some reps, and they like to go through the process. But to say they're meaningless, I mean, almost every team has at least one or two starting position battles That will play out in these preseason games. There's at least a handful of roster spots on every team up for grabs, let alone practice squad. I mean, the Eagles had the best roster in the NFL last year. They had four undrafted free agents make the team from these preseason games. For a lot of these guys, these preseason games are the biggest games of their life. Bigger than the SEC championship they played in. Bigger than the college football playoff they played in. These games are their life. Don't, I don't want to hear anybody saying that's meaningless. Bothers me. Other than that, Jack, I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Shoutouts, of course. Go to Pizza Boy Brewing and Sportaculture, of course, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, BackOfficeSchedule.com, and MyFrontPageStory.com.